Pastor Leslie Dory coming to you from Owensville Assembly of God. We want to welcome you to our broadcast on KTUI Radio. Our hope and prayer is that this ministry will be a blessing and an inspiration to your life today. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a forte. Of glory divine, air of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. My Savior, all the day long, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior, all the day long. Lost 
Good morning. This is Pastor Doherty speaking to you. I'd like to take you to a place called Gethsemane. My text is Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. It reads, Then comes Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and they began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry, wait here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he comes unto the disciples, and finds them asleep, and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then comes he to his disciples and says unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that does betray me. Other than the scene of Christ's death and his resurrection, this is likely the most powerful event in the life of the Savior. One of Jesus' own disciples has plotted with the chief priest of the Jewish Sanhedrin to betray him. And now he sits down with his disciples for the final time to partake of the Passover, which was a type of his coming death and sacrifice on the cross. And Jesus predicts that not only would one of his own betray him, but that in the most critical time in his ministry, all would ultimately forsake him leaving him alone to face those who looked to put him to death. Now Matthew describes the scene that finds Jesus with three of his closest disciples as a place called Gethsemane. It's described by the gospel writers as a garden, and it was located a short distance from the bridge over the Kidron at the foot of the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem. But I believe this morning that the message contained in this event has some profound truths that each of us can see and can learn from. 
So in this message, I want us to visit and learn from this place called Gethsemane. I want to note that Luke in his gospel states that this was a common location where Jesus would resort for times of prayer and communication with the Father. But as we look at this place called Gethsemane and the significance of it, I want to note the significance of the name as we see in our text in verse number 36. The word Gethsemane literally means olive press. And we know that in the land of Palestine, both the grape and the olive were placed in, the, in a press to be crushed in order to produce a form of juice that had actually many uses. But as we apply that to Jesus and what he was going to face and what he was going to endure in that place, we go back to the writers of the Old Testament. And Isaiah gave us a picture of the suffering of Christ, of the Messiah. He said in chapter 53 and verse 5 of Isaiah that he, speaking of Christ, was bruised for our iniquities. He said in chapter 3 and verse 3, quoting the words of the coming Messiah, it said, I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. So Jesus faced that time in the Garden of Gethsemane in a very lonely, lonely place, even though his disciples were there with him. But secondly, in our scene at Gethsemane, we see the sorrow, unbearable sorrow. In verse 37 and verse 38, it says again, He began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He said again in our text, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. I know that in my years of ministry, I have ministered to many people going through intense, seemingly unbearable agony, physical pain and emotional pain, at a traumatic event, or maybe the loss and the death of a loved one. I've seen times where death would seem a relief and deliverance from the pain that people were experiencing. And this was, I believe, true of Jesus during this time in his life. Speaking of the coming Messiah, the prophet wrote in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, Speaking of him, he said he is despised and rejected of men. He is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus, during his ministry, he wept over Jerusalem in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19 and verse 41. It says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. And you know, I'm sure that our Lord weeps over our cities today when he sees the sin and the pain and the misery of people's lives. And Jesus can certainly identify with that concerning the things that he endured and he went through. We see, most importantly, I think, that his sorrow and heaviness of spirit was not for himself, but again for the weight of man's sin. And it's judgment to be placed upon him because of that sin. For again, the prophet said in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He said in verse 6 of that chapter, 
He said, the Lord has laid on him or placed upon him the iniquity of us all. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 21, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So there was the burden that the Savior faced by the Father placing upon him the sins of the world because of our transgressions. But let's look now at the prayers of Jesus in the garden in Gethsemane. And we say prayers in the plural because the gospel records he prayed in the garden on three different occasions lasting approximately one hour we see Luke, uh, the physician in his gospel, is more descriptive of Christ's agony. He says in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 44, it says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly or more intently. And it says his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood. What happened and occurred in, in Jesus' physical body was a condition known as hemohydrosis, where stress in the body actually ruptures the blood corpuscles and sweat mixes with the blood from the sweat glands. The writer in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, speaking of Christ and his suffering, says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers, and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death was heard in that he feared. So his prayer was to his father for his comfort and for his help during the pain and the agony in which he was enduring. A commentator by the name of Dr. Farrar wrote a commentary on the life of Christ and he wrote some very powerful words describing uh, Jesus' agony and what he was experiencing in Gethsemane. He says this, It was something far deadlier than death. It was the burden and the mystery of the world's sin that lay heavy on his heart. It was the tasting in the divine humanity of a sinless life, the bitter cup which sin had poisoned. It was the bowing of Godhead to endure a stroke to which man's apostasy had lent such frightful possibilities. It was the sense, too, of how virulent, how frightful must have been the force of evil in the universe of God, which could render necessary so infinite a sacrifice. It was the endurance by the perfectly guiltless of the worst malice which human hatred could devise. It was to experience in the bosom of perfect innocence and perfect love. All that was detestable in human hypocrisy, all that was cruel in human rage. It was to brave the last triumph of satanic spite and fury, uniting against his lonely head all the flaming arrows of Jewish falsity and heathen corruption, the concentrated wrath of the rich and respectable, the yelling fury of the blind and brutal mob. It was to feel that his own, to whom he came, loved darkness rather than light, 
that the race of the chosen people could be wholly absorbed in one insane repulsion against infinite goodness and purity and love. Through all this he passed in that hour which, with the recoil of sinless horror beyond our capacity to conceive, foretasted a worse bitterness than the worst bitterness of death. We see as we go back to the scene in Gethsemane, Jesus' prayer to the Father. He said again in verse 39, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He went on to say in verse number 42, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. It was as if Jesus was saying, Father, if there's no other way to accomplish your divine will, I am ready to do as you have so instructed me. And we know that throughout the ministry and the life of Christ, the focus of his life and ministry was to simply and completely be in obedience to do his Father's will. We see Jesus saying and praying in John chapter 12 and verse 27. He said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Jesus proclaimed in John chapter 4 and verse 34, he said, My meat or my purpose in coming is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work, regardless of the cost, regardless of the pain, regardless of what he might have to endure. The writer in Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 says this, Though he were a son, he was the very son of God, divinely sent from heaven. It says, yet learned his obedience through the things that he suffered and became perfect. And he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Fourthly, we see the Lord's challenge to his disciples when he came with them to that garden place, that garden of Gethsemane. In our text, in verse number 41, he compelled them to do this. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh, it's weak. We see that the disciples were going to face their greatest hour of testing when they went with Jesus to that garden place, that garden of, of Gethsemane. Now, they had a willing heart. They had true, sincere desire. I think we see that reflected in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 35 when Peter said, Though I should die with you, yet will I not deny you. And it says, likewise, all the other disciples chimed in and said basically the same thing. How many knows many times that people's heart and intentions are good, but to carry those things out is another matter. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 22, Jesus answered and said, Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? 
and to be baptized with the baptism that I shall be baptized with? And, of course, they said, yes, Lord, we are able. This is something that we, we can do, we desire to do. And Jesus responded to them and said, that's exactly what is going to happen. Your flesh, everything about you is going to be subject to this testing and to this trial. How are you going to respond to it? How are you going to face it? We see Jesus at the Passover supper with his disciples in Matthew 26. And when he sat with them for that Passover meal, it says that he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink you all of it. So the cup of suffering that Jesus was going to partake of and going to endure, he gave that to them and said, you too shall experience this. You too must drink of that suffering and testing and trial that I'm going through. Paul said this in Philippians 3.10. He said that I may know him, speaking of Christ, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And so in closing this morning, Jesus said this in the Gospels, and I believe he says this to every individual. It says in Matthew 16, verse 24, it says, Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man, if anybody, will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and begin to follow me. My friend, listening to this broadcast today, are you willing to hear the words of the Savior? Would you be willing to follow Christ, to forsake sin, deny yourself the comforts and the ease of a life lived for self, and be willing to suffer for his cause? If so, would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Lord Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of all sin, to become Savior and Lord of my life, Help me, by your grace, to live for you, to seek your will, not mine, and be a true disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. In his name I pray, amen. Now, if you are a new believer in Christ, I encourage you to pray, read the Bible daily, become a part of a Bible-believing church to establish your walk in the Lord. Thank you for this time and this opportunity to share with you. May the Lord bless you as our prayer. Until the next time. There is so much bad news in the world right now. But no matter what, we have good news. And that good news has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our rescuer.
today. If you would like to worship with us, we're located at 302 North Cuba Street in Owensville. On Sunday morning, we have Christian Life classes for all ages at 9.30 a.m., followed by morning worship at 10.30 a.m. Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., except on the fourth Sunday of each month when we host a Christian film and fellowship at 4 p.m. Wednesday evening Bible study is at 6 p.m., and you can find our Facebook page at Owensville Assembly of God. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your morning. 
the Lord bless you is our prayer. This is Pastor Doherty inviting you to join us this Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. as we will be presenting a Christian video followed by a time of fellowship at 6 p.m. Again, we would love to have you join us.